This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I just couldn't believe that somebody would do all that running for no particular reason. Why are you doing this? I just felt like running. Of course, uh, a scene from the famous movie. My God, that movie's going to turn 25 years old this year, people. That's frightening. Uh, But that, of course, uh, from the movie Forrest Gump. And in fact, that's uh, a nickname that our next guest uh, has earned uh, over the past year. He decided that he was, well, he didn't run mind you, but decided that he was going to walk across Canada. Not for some great cause, but just because he, well, he felt like it, I think. Uh, Joining us to talk about uh, this remarkable journey, starting to get him a lot of attention, uh, Zael Johnstone uh, joins us uh, on the line. Zael, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, uh, it's uh, great to be here. (laughs) Uh, Do people call you Gump? Now I understand that kind of became a nickname. Yeah, my brother uh, jokes about it. He uh, he says whenever I get onto the, like the news or like a local radio station that I should just uh, start off by saying I I just felt like walking. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but that that's kind of that sums it up, kind of doesn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, everyone has a, a list of things they want to do, and that was one of the things on my list I wanted to accomplish. And uh, I'm not getting any younger, and I thought this is perfect time to do it so I well, you're still pretty young did it last year you're at 27 yeah yeah it's like maybe a good time to do it so uh it was almost a year ago i guess it was february of, of 2018 that you set up uh yeah it's hard to believe um it feels so far away now but uh yeah it was it was not even a year ago so where did you start i started uh in victoria at mile zero there's a there's a monument there, and there's a Terry Fox statue, and um, <clears throat> I drew inspiration from the just like the quote on on on, on the bottom of the, the statue. It's like anything is possible if you try. Yeah. And uh, just I didn't know what I was getting myself into at the beginning, and uh, just looking back at it now, it's like eh, if I could tell if I could just uh, go back and tell him that he's in for just a whirlwind ride of like ups and downs, like. Um, I probably, I probably wouldn't be able to talk myself out of it. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Well, what what kind of reaction were you getting from friends and family when you you know started to share this idea that you were serious about doing it? Well, my brother and my mom sat me down. They took me out for lunch, and it was almost like a little intervention. They're like, "You have no experience at the outdoors. You don't know what you're doing." It was almost like they were trying to stop me from going. But whenever someone tells you to do something, uh, you go ahead and do the total opposite, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's usually how it ends up going. All right. So you start but, in Victoria. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I got through the mountains, um, my mom and my family and friends kind of came around. They're like, oh, okay, he's serious. He's, he's going to 
do it. Like he got through a really hard patch and, and, uh, they kind of got behind me behind uh, after that. Well, the first part I think would be the hardest. I mean, BC is gorgeous, but there, you know, you're, you're encountering a, a lot of changing conditions, a lot of changing elevations. That must have really tested you. Uh, yeah, at the beginning, um, I thought I was starting at the correct time of year, and a lot of people were like, "Yeah, it's it, you had it kind of down to a T, but it's just it's an odd year, and spring's late, and uh, I I was delayed." I had like uh, winter stick around an extra month, and then sometime in early April, I dodged the whole flooding situation they had in the mountains back in spring last year. I cut out of the mountains and I got sunburnt as soon as I got towards Calgary. And then, like from Banff to Calgary, I went from like winter to summer. There was mm-hmm. no spring. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you know, to, to plan this all out and to figure out how long it's going to take you, how much you're going to walk each day. I mean, you're going to obviously have to eat. You're going to have to find a place to sleep. You're going to need to make sure you're getting sleep each night, make sure you're eating. So how do you go about planning all of that out? Uh, well, each day was a challenge. I tried to aim for 50 kilometers a day and anything above 50 kilometers was a bonus. Um, I usually give myself like an hour before sunset to start scoping out a place to stay, uh, where I could just set up when it's a flat piece of ground for my tent. Uh, in terms of food, there was always, um, I wouldn't go more than a week without being able to refuel. So I'd always have like five or six days worth of food on me. And, uh, I usually carried like, um, mixed nuts, trail mix, granola bars, protein bars, high in fat and protein. Uh, that that was kind of generally the the food diet I had. Yeah. So you budgeted. I read about it was like seven thousand dollars. You budgeted originally, right? Yeah, and I spent roughly fifteen hundred ish on just all the gear together, mm-hmm. um, and also um, swapping out gear. Uh, I, my tent at the beginning was way too small, and I ended up in Kelowna. I switched out to a two person tent because the the one person tent, and I'm six three. I, I was. I was pretty crammed in there for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Now, another big difference with, with the movie, I mean, Forrest Gump eventually had a whole pack of people following him. This this was just you. So th- this is essentially like nine months of, of isolation, isn't it? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, there's the odd person that pull over and be like, what are you doing out here? Like, they're yeah. just confused and baffled. And half the time they would ask if I need a lift. And I'd turn it down and tell them what I'm doing, and then I'd always ask uh, if he could spare any extra food or water, and sometimes they'd have an extra snack on them that they would be glad to part ways with. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But you were taking a video diary along the way. Yeah, I had a, a Sony action camera that um, I took along with me. It's like It's kind of like a GoPro. Uh, and I had a little shotgun mic and like a little handheld thing that I'd attached it to. And whenever I got the chance, I also had a little tripod. And um, I don't know if you know uh, Les Stroud, like uh, oh, yeah, Survivor yeah. Man. Right. Um, you kind of get an appreciation for how he survived in the wild by himself and filmed everything and carrying that extra gear with him to film stuff. I kind of... I was like, man, that must be tough. Like, you, you want to survive, but you also want to document it. And there's some days where I'm like, oh, I don't want to pull up the camera, but this is a great shot, and I ha- I can't miss it, right? So I, I sometimes I would kind of like, it's not wasting time if I'm kind of trying to capture some good moments, but at the same time, like if, sometimes to get the shot, you might have to wait a little bit 
even now I want to go, go, go. Sometimes you got to stop and appreciate those moments and try and capture them, right? Yeah. Well, I would also think, too, I mean, it must have been somewhat therapeutic because, I mean, you're just essentially talking to the camera, but it must have been like at least you're you're having a conversation, even though it's just you. Well, I, I don't know if it's like, it sounds crazy, but when, when the technology's off, like your phone dies or your iPod's dead, the only real entertainment you have is like just going through old memories and and just like when the fog clears from all the noise of technology, it's just like everything becomes clear. You're able to think clear. Um, things are put in perspective. And then like you just, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's just a nice, it's, it's a nice feeling just not having to worry about checking Facebook or Instagram and just being out there appreciating the sights, sounds, and just nature. So nine months, nine long months. Uh, and oh, by the way, I want to ask you this because you mentioned that, you know, you turned down a lot of rides, but there there were two little kind of cheats where you, you did get uh, get a little lift. Yeah, in Rogers Pass in British Columbia, um, they're doing avalanche control. And I strolled up to this Jeep and I was wondering why there was a, a park ranger in the middle of nowhere. Right. And he, he flagged me over and he's like, well... There's one of two things that you could do here. You can either camp out the rest of the day here, or well, actually, no, I'll just ferry you, ferry you uh, like across because uh, <clears throat> they were working with uh, the Canada Armed Forces and they uh, had howitzers set up and they were shooting live rounds at the mountain. So just to get rid of the snow buildup on some of the peaks, and, I, and before I even got to the jeep. Um, I was hearing like weird echoing in the distance. I'm like, I've never heard an avalanche before, but I, I did, I knew, I know what it sounds like now. So I was just like kind of in awe at the, uh, at them doing that. It was just, it was kind of weird because like in 2010, when I was moved out to Vancouver for the first time to go to, to college, um, in that exact same place in Rogers Pass, uh, we were postponed a day due to a rock slide. So that area is pretty, uh, pretty bad for uh that kind of stuff and uh outside of winnipeg i got nailed by uh, a thunderstorm in the heat of summer and uh i thought it was gonna pass by south but then it slowly crept up on me and um someone offered me a lift and i didn't even throw up the thumb they just were like you need you shouldn't be out here in the rain and the hail i'll ferry you underneath this underpass which is not too far away and that was it yeah so that was what, like a couple kilometers right yeah. So nine months you arrive and you, you went all the way. You could have found the Atlantic uh, probably uh, a lot sooner than you did, but you went all the way to the easternmost point of Canada in Newfoundland. Uh, you started off by splashing uh, Pacific Ocean water in your face. You ended with the Atlantic water in your face. What was that moment like? Um, well, I kind of wanted to do it where Terry Fox dipped his leg in the ocean in St. John's, but uh, they rebuilt the pier there and blocked it all off. So I, I wasn't able to get down to where he started the journey originally. So I had to kind of improvise. And if you've ever been to St. John's, um, there's not a lot of places you can safely get down to the water's edge. It's a lot of uh, sheer cliff faces and stuff like that. But I found a little place kind of like in a little cove where I was able to kind of uh, dip my face in the water. And uh, at that time of year, everything was icy and sl- slippery. So it was kind of hard because um, my shoes are pretty worn out. So it was kind of like skating on uh, wet rocks. 
uh, it wasn't fun, but uh, I found a safe place to get down without uh, too much trouble. And so that was the end of the journey. And I mean, it must have been emotional, I would think. Um, the, the morning of, just before sunrise, and when it got to the final moment, um, um, it didn't quite hit me till afterwards because I was pretty exhausted. But uh, just watching the video back, I kind of got emotional. Um, just like the footage I gathered, I, I took I took a shot with my GoPro camera and my phone. I was I was gonna live stream it, but I didn't have any cell service out there. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that pinnacle moment it was so brief. But like all the hard work to get to that moment, like you kind of get an appreciation for it. Like a lot of people that like work so hard for like you know like athletes and they get that one moment to hoist the cup and then like it's they have to pass it on to the next guy right they they work all season long or just for that one moment and or maybe like a musician like has that one pinnacle moment that breakthrough you kind of get an appreciate appreciation for the people that work really hard for that like that gold medal or or whatever it may be. Yeah, no kidding. And by the way, a couple of people have texted to say, was, was he wearing a Fitbit through all of this? And, and you did, didn't you? Uh, say that again? A Fitbit. You had a Fitbit. So you, you know I how did. many steps you took. Yes. And how many was had, it? Uh, it was 11.8 <laughs> million steps. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I could have did it a little quicker, but uh, the whole goal of it was to see Canada. So I did a lot of detouring, right? So... I kind of looked at the end and like 9,000 kilometers, like you can do Canada in eight, like by driving coast to coast. I don't know where I tacked on an extra thousand kilometers, but <laughs> I visited Saskatoon, then I zigzagged down to Regina. I had to see Prince Edward Island, so I kind of zigzagged up there, then backtracked to Halifax because I've never been to Halifax. So it was kind of just, all, I was all over the place. <clears throat> Especially Niagara Falls. I had to dip down into Niagara Falls, too, and then up through Toronto. Yeah. So, uh, what next for you now? Uh, well, I'll keep it simple. And uh, I got Student Loans is knocking on my door. So, yeah. Student Loans is next. And I've been putting it off quite long enough. And I, I don't mean to, but at the same time, it's hard for like a young person like me to try and tackle debt. Like, you know, you try to put yourself ahead by going to school, but you have that whole student loans issue that uh, kind of puts the ball and chain on you for a bit. So student loans will be the next thing on my list. And then um, I kind of want to get into forest firefighting. So the applications just opened up uh, today in Saskatchewan. So I applied and hopefully this summer I can, uh, um, fights and forest fires. Right on. Well, we'll let people know they can uh, look you up, Zael Johnston. Uh, you're on Twitter at ZLJ, that's Z A Y E L L J, and also on Instagram, yeah. The Real Zael. All kinds of uh, photos from, from your journey. Uh, Zael, congratulations on this and, and all the best with uh, whatever comes next for you. I appreciate you making some time for us here today. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. There you go. Quite a story. Zael Johnston uh, is his name. Uh, the guy who walked across Canada. Uh, just because he felt it was something he, he wanted to do. Now, eventually, and, and you should note that um, once it started to, to gather more attention, it was an opportunity, uh, and he chose the Canadian Mental Health Association to raise some money for. But it wasn't why he set out to do it. 
just felt like it was it was something meaningful. It was something he wanted to accomplish, and he did it. 11 million steps later, from Victoria to the eastern tip of Newfoundland. Pretty remarkable. All right, 403-974-8255 is the number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.